is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins. on Oilers on Radio, Oilers. 630 Chad. Here's a cleft bomb drive score. And this game is tied at two. Here come the Oilers, right to left. Everly across, cleft bomb shot, save made by Jones. Rebound score. Milan Lucic in the blue paint, pumps it home. Cleft bomb high slot. Back to McDavid, who earlier tonight scored his 30th. One-timer cleft bomb, rebound, score. Milan Lucic with his third career hat trick. And it's unnatural, Hattie, it's San Jose. 4-2 Edmonton. And that's the final tonight. Milan Lucic lighting up the San Jose Sharks in the third period. He's now up to 23 goals on the season. The Oilers with the inside track to have home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. And Cam Talbot sets a new record for most wins in a season by an Edmonton Oilers goaltender. He is now up to 41. Grant Fuhr had 40 back in 1987-88. Thanks for joining us. It's 11.33, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. So the Oilers trailing most of the night, able to fight back. The power play coming up big with a couple of goals. The penalty killing very good. Cam Talbot wasn't busy but made some key saves. It all adds up to the Oilers now hitting 99 points for the season. Connor McDavid had two assists. He's up to 97 points on the year. His point streak goes to 12 games. And Oscar Clefbaum assisted on every goal. Four assists for Oscar tonight. Well, Rob, man, Lucic, a lot of discussion about his play throughout the entire season, but the tone of the discussion has totally changed over about the last 20 games. It has. Uh, I think you're, you're seeing more and more the importance of, of having Milan Lucic on your team. The respect he has from, from the other teams, the way he can change the complexion of a hockey game, not just with a, a goal or a big goal here or there, but with the physicality, with a hit, with a fight. Uh, just with a mean stare at times. Uh, he has been very, very good, and we've seen a few of the games this year where the entire game has changed, where he goes and runs someone over, then he gets into a fight. And in those games, you've seen him score goals too. It was the one game he had the big fight and everything, and then all of a sudden at the end of the game he had the tying goal. Or So this is a, a Milan Lucic that everyone was hoping we would see when he was signed in the offseason. And as the games have gotten more important, We've noticed Milan Lucic a little more in the games, and that's what you want. He's the first star tonight. Clefbaum, the second star. McDavid listed as the third star. Our fourth star of the game brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I, I think we can probably uh, list a couple of guys here. I'm going to go with Talbot with a wins record. That's a kind of like a season award almost, but he's he's been deserving. Well, it is a season award, and he deserves a little love because of that, but also three saves tonight. All Every time he made a big save, it was when the Oilers were down a goal. If the San Jose Sharks score in any of those opportunities, they go up two. And all of a sudden, the comeback is moot. So three big saves by Cam Talbot in this game. To me, he is the four-star. I thought Drake Kajula had a good night, too. I thought so, too. I thought he played very well. Hey, right now, all the role players want to be noticed because everybody wants to be in the starting lineup when the playoffs start. Uh, Kajula, I think, has got a little extra bounce in his step. Um, And and not only is he moving the puck while moving his feet well, he's getting physical. 
tonight he threw another big check in this game. He's not a, he's not a big man, but he's not afraid. So he understands what his role is, and he wants to make sure that he's noticed for the right things at the end of each night. Anaheim won tonight 4 nothing over Chicago that didn't dress uh, all their best players this evening. So Anaheim with 103 points with one game left. The Oilers with 99 points with two games left. San Jose with 97 points. They have one game left. All the Oilers need is a point this weekend, and they have home ice in the first round of the playoffs. They can still get first in the Pacific Division, but they'd have to win both games against Vancouver and have Anaheim lose in regulation time to L.A. on Sunday. So first place is possible for Edmonton, but not that likely. But second place for the Oilers and home ice in the first round, very likely. Not that likely, but not that unlikely either. I mean, you would expect the Oilers to win both games against Vancouver. I think that's a given. And Anaheim, I mean... The LA, the LA Kings, we saw they knocked off the Oilers the other night. They're going to bring their A game. There's a little bit of rivalry going there. The only thing that sucks for the Oilers on that one is, and I'm sure we're going to hear it tonight, someone's going to ask, is Laurent Bressois going to play one of the final two games? Well, the Oilers won't know if they're still in the running for first place until Sunday night while they're playing. So it's, it's a tough place right now. You want to get Talbot maybe one night's rest before the playoff starts, but first place is still on the line and it will be until the Oilers start playing Sunday night against the Vancouver Canucks. You can get us at 780-496-0063 you can text 630-630 and we'll start off the calls with Colin tonight. Hi Colin. Hey guys, uh, another another good game. It's hard to listen to when you're driving because you know the excitement level kind of goes up but anyway uh, just to echo what you guys were saying earlier about Lucic I mean, it's like every so often he just steps out and says, okay, I'm here, I'm taking care of this. And, I mean, he's not a – there's two or three guys on the Oilers that can lay down the physical game, but they're not goons by any stretch because they score, they do all the other stuff as well, and, and he's definitely one of them. I mean, he, he leveled that guy, but it wasn't something he was trying to do. It was just he had the opportunity and he took him out. And then it's retaliation. Other player comes over and starts the fight. Well, he's not a guy who's going to back down. Uh, it's like Maroon is the same way. If you're going to bring it in my face, okay, I'm not going to walk away. And uh, he he basically he won that one convincingly too. It it's just nice to see. There's a lot of contribution coming all over the place, and maybe it's not a matter of success on every play, but it could have been. And you can look at it in another way. Uh, as far as it goes, they had so many shots on net. If it wasn't for Jones, and, and I kind of think he maybe should have gotten the fourth star, because if you think of all of the saves that that he kept out, maybe not spectacular ones, but when you're putting that many shots on net, there's more chances of one getting through, and he kept them in it. He's done it a few times. So I think things are coming together for the Oilers at, at absolutely the right time. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. And it, this was a little bit of a preview, probably, of the first round between the Oilers and the Sharks, what it, it looks more and more like. Uh, I mean, the Sharks weren't fully uh, there tonight. They're missing two of their, their superstars, and Thornton and Couture, who probably, and they, they say they're both going to be playing 
once the playoffs start, and that'll completely change the complexion of San Jose. So the Oilers should win this game, and they did win this game. And they did it in a way we've seen over and over again this year where they, they stuck with it. When things weren't going their way, even though they were the better team through 40 minutes, when things weren't going their way, the frustration didn't come in. They just picked the game up a little bit more and got to the next level. Their goalie gives them a save. Their power play gets them a goal. And here, you know, at the end of the night, they get the two points. So Milan Lucic, a natural hat trick. Connor McDavid, a goal and an assist. I think I said off the top he had two assists. He had two points, but he had a goal and an assist as the Oilers beat the San Jose Sharks 4-2, their 45th win of the season. The four goals means a $100 donation to Booster Juice or from Booster Juice to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 for every goal throughout the season, and you can track the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. All right, we're going to bring Kevin onto the show. Hello, Kevin. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Go ahead. Good, guys. I just wanted to ask you both. uh, First of all, credit to your call screener. He's a very nice guy. Good. And I wanted to say, as a guy that's lived in Calgary for 10 years, former Spruce Grover, it's been so hard living in this damn city being an Oiler fan. And now it's, I'm not kidding, I go to the mall and it's 80% Oilers jerseys, 80% Oiler hats walking around Calgary. Um, My question is, uh, Tyler Pitlick, why is he the forgotten guy? Does he have any chance to come back during the playoffs or... It's kind of sad. Would the team be better with him? I, you know what I mean? Like, when um, he talks about Pitt, like, it's sad that he's left the team because he was doing so well until, you know, he got injured. Yeah, well, he won't be back. Um, would the team be better? I, I think the team, yeah, I think he's a very reliable fourth-line guy. And right. he was having a fantastic season. And right now the Oilers are rotating players through the fourth line, Slepeshev, Hendricks, Pakarinen. I think if been a constant player, even. yeah, I think if if Pitlick's in the lineup, there's no rotation. I think Pitlick, right. from what we saw, now he had to continue progressing, but from what we saw, he was a mainstay and was having a good right. year. So I feel for Tyler Pitlick because he had finally made the sure. step. He finally made yeah. the step, and then injuries took him out of it. And it's not the first time this happened where he kind of got going. And no, no, that's yeah, that's, yeah. and you'd never want to be known as injury prone. You right, just don't. Right. Like Lutek. Uh Quick question before I leave you guys. Uh, you guys do a great job. Rob Brown, you ever played uh, Augusta National? <laughs> I, I only wish. <laughs> I was watching that today. What do you think you would have shot today? What do you think you would have shot today? Uh, oh, there would have been <laughs> oh, there would have been three numbers in my score, I'm pretty sure. That, I, that was unbelievable how tough Crazy. that looks. I've got buddies Crazy. that have been there, and it they say it is better, even better when you show up. Kevin, I, we're going to finish. I would have seven-foot every green. <laughs> yeah, the greens are incredible. Kevin, we're going to finish the play with you. You've already won an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set Wee Park. You can visit Jet Set Parking.com to find out more. If you're right, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Here we go. Chris Tierney in a shootout has never been utilized. Tierney, a left-handed shot, picks it up at center, left to right, in over the blue line, to the net, wrist shot. He scored on that one, didn't he? Um, you want, that's or the penalty shot. Or you, you might get, guess the other way. Hey, he oh, he does, you know what? Sorry, I had a few cocktails. He, yeah, I was saved that for sure. Yeah, he didn't wait for me to ask the question. Chris Tierney <laughs> in a shootout has never been utilized. Tierney, a left-handed shot, picks it up at center, left to right, in over the blue line, to the net, wrist shot denied. 
There it is. Finish the play. Kevin, a winner tonight. And that's also our save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. I mean, yeah, an interesting night for Talbot, who makes 13 saves on 15 shots. But, I mean, you, you touched on when he made those saves. And you know it was a it was a well goaltended game. The earlier caller yep. I thought made a good point. It was a it was a well goaltended game. Martin Jones made a couple of huge saves, and even the save he made on the McDavid goal, double deflection off his own guys to keep it out. But then by that point, you got an open McDavid to flip it in. Yeah, and, and he's not missing that. It, it, it's one of those things. If you just keep throwing pucks on net, good things eventually happen. You know, if the puck is laying around the blue crease and you've got bodies in front, either it's going to deflect off you, it's going to deflect off them, or even better, you're going to be standing there and you're going to have a wide-open net like Lucci did. So uh, the Oilers' power play, which at times has been prone to pass too much, have more taken on lately where get the puck on net as quick as you can and then start uh, responding after that first shot, and the Oilers were very good tonight in the power play. By the way, we have a first goal of the game winner, Alistair, pick Connor McDavid. So huh? there you go. That's good. I mean, Sixth winner of the year. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty safe bet on Connor McDavid. 780-496-0063. We'll bring Carmine into the show. Hey, go ahead. Hello? Do we have you? Sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead. Okay. A few thoughts there. Um, great game. When McDavid got that hit, uh, when he was hit going in, when it was, uh, and then it led to the San Jose goal, I've noticed lately there's been a few questionable missed calls. And uh, what I really enjoyed was there was no frustration. And I see McDavid come back later on. He delivered a fantastic hit of his own. And I'm really getting a sense that there's a lot of each other going on. And it's exciting to see he's going for his 100 points. And there's a couple of things. The, the, the penalty play, the, the power play, sorry, I'm really, you know, they're doing a lot of passing, but lately I've seen their passing's getting clever, faster, and it just seems to be sharper, and that's enjoyable. And then watching Lucic's momentum and with his, with his experience in the playoffs, my question for you guys, really, it's a simple one, is is it me or is Lucic looking ready? He's he's looked quicker. <laughs> oh, over about, I'd say about the last 20 games, he's looked quicker and he's looked more engaged. It's like it's the it's like the playoffs are coming and he knows it and he's getting ramped up like he's getting ready for it and I think there's a lot of lifting around him and then I saw when when McDavid was getting interviewed on Oilers TV and he was just so ramped up himself and I remember back at the beginning of the season and the question of you know they made him the captain and and I look at this guy now and then Lucic and the guys that are coming around and Larson. And I remember at the beginning of the season saying, Larson's got three points at New Jersey, and he gets four assists tonight. Uh, Clefbaum got four assists tonight. Oh, sorry, Clefbaum. Okay. Yeah, but All Larson's right, been bad. playing well. He, does, he, he doesn't have a lot of points, but, but he's a really good defender for sure. Yeah, anyway, so I just it's just so much fun. And yeah, Lucic, uh, I agree with you, Rob. He's, uh, he's a difference maker, and, but, but the whole team is. There's an each-other vibe going on. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's the Oilers right now are peaking at the right time. That's what you want. You all season long, you prepare yourselves to to be a playoff team, and now when you're you found yourself that you're in the playoffs, you want to go in on a high note. And there's certain teams in the National Hockey League right now are going well, that are going in on a high note. The, the Edmonton Oilers, the the Calgary Flames, and there's other teams right now they're going in on on they're 
things aren't going well for them. And one team is the Minnesota Wild and the other is the San Jose Sharks. You do not want to go limping into the playoffs. You want to be full of confidence. And right now, the Edmonton Oilers are full of confidence. The uh, recent burst by Milan Lucic, our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers win at 4-2 over the Sharks. Jason, Tony, and Jamie up next on the phone line. This is Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranish Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Paranish Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Good shift for Edmonton. Rolled it through the crease area. McDavid flicked it back to Larson. Shot left bomb. Deflected. And what a save. Rebound score. Connor McDavid. Edmonton gets a bounce. And McDavid finishes for his 30th goal of the season. The equalizer at 440. We're tied at one. All right, so McDavid extending his point streak to 12. Dreisaitl's ends after 11s. Dreisaitl, McDavid also had an assist tonight, up to 97 points on the season. Of course, he leads the NHL in scoring. We're one goal short of the Japanese Village goal light as the Oilers win 4-2. Whenever they score five or more, we turn the light on on the Oilers page on 630ched.com, and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village downtown south side and north side along with rob brown i'm reed wilkins thanks a lot for tuning in tonight the Oilers now with the inside track they control their own destiny in terms of finishing second in the division and getting home ice in the first round seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three we have jason on the line hi jason hey guys great job on the show as usual thank you very much uh, I just wanted to say a couple things so first of all lucic i know there's been lots of discussion about him and uh and during the year, he probably didn't have even the year he wanted. But, you know, when there's these kind of uh, signings happen, there's often an adjustment time. He's got to get family here. Anyways, I, I think what we're seeing out of him, as you guys pointed out the last 20 games or so, is why Peter Shirelli signed him. It's, he's a guy that's going to perform at this time of year and play in that grinding-type playoff hockey style and be able to you know be a big body that contributes and that's what we haven't had here before and so on that note i also wanted to say peter shirelli you know obviously not all the moves that gm makes are gonna like work out but i think he's done something that the previous two gms could not do which is get players that we didn't have or get what the team needed in other words and that's something Peter's done with getting Larson, with getting Lucic, with getting Maroon, with getting Cassian. I mean, I don't, I don't think most people were giving him that much credit when all those uh, signings or trades happened. And yet, here he is give, giving us a team that can actually win in a playoff-style game against a team that always used to beat us. And uh, so I just think um, hats off to Peter and hats off to Lucic for picking up his game and go Oilers, go. Thanks, Jason. Good points. I, I think, first of all, with Shirelli, and, and I think you're right. I, I think, I mean, the Oilers were often bringing in players, whether it was Mark Fain or Nikita Nikitin or even Pouliot, who were asked to do more than they had done earlier in their careers. Shirelli, and we should point out, he's had the advantage of building around McDavid, which makes mm-hmm. it a little yes. easier to slot guys in. 
but he's looked at guys and said, okay, this is what you've done in the other 200, 300, 400 games you've played in your career. I want you to come in and do that. We're going we're gonna to try to slot you in at about that same position, and we're not going to ask you to go from being a 30-point scorer to a, a 55-point scorer. So though, most of his moves have helped round out the team. And I think with Lucic, you know, whether it's that it's closer to the playoffs and, and he feels more interested, I, I do think th- three big additions by Shirelli have been Talbot, Sekera, and Lucic, and they all started slow as Oilers and improved and sort of became themselves, if you want to put it that way, once they got more comfortable with being in the city and the team. Well, yeah, it's it's not easy moving to a new team, and I've done it. And, and it's weird coming into the new dressing room. And uh, when you're a talker, when you're someone that stands up in front of the room and you've always done it in your old teams, it's hard getting that comfort to do it into the new team. You, you want to fit in. And sometimes the aggressiveness that you have in you takes a while to come out. And then if things don't go right, right away, now there's that, you know what, are they going to think, what are they going to think about me? Yeah, they gave me all this, all this money. money yeah. and, and, it, and it's tough because when you have a, if, say, Connor McDavid had a bad 15-game stretch, you're going to say, well, I'm, Connor, we've seen what he can do. He's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. But when Milan Lucic has a bad 15 games, no one ever saw when Milan Lucic struggled in Boston or if he struggled in L.A. because all they show are the highlights. When you watch the highlights at the end of the night, oh, look, there he's in a fight or there he's in a goal. All players go ups, go through ups and downs. But you only see the players coming and you only see the good parts of it. And Milan Lucic right now, he's on pace to do exactly what he always does. He scores, his average is about 24, 25 goals at most. Gets into a couple fights, but he leads by example. And he leads by example both on and off the ice. And I think the intangibles are what Peter Shirelli was looking in for all the players that he brought in here. And he's obviously done a lot of good things, and a lot of things have turned out the way he wanted them to because here we are right now looking at a home game next week in the playoffs. Oilers win 4-2. We have Tony on the line. Tony, thank you for calling. How are you guys tonight? Doing great. So I have two comments here. The first one is, you know, I'm thankful at the fact that the Oilers don't collapse after, you know, bad stuff happens because, like, example, tonight when McDavid got tripped and then he got high-sticked and and I think it was hit, and then Edmonton gets uh, a penalty for, it. honestly, it wasn't even a slash from what I saw. It seemed like just like a tap. And that... The, the, the Deharnay penalty, right? Uh, I think it was, yes. Yeah. I couldn't see really much of it, but, you know, other teams and from, like, from the decade, that would have just killed our vibe. We actually came out and showed San Jose why we are a playoff team. And my second point is um, we're, in the, we're in the playoffs. Who's our, who's our um, better match we're going to be, the Sharks or the Flames, if we can get the Pacific Division title? Who's our tougher opponent? Well, it's very likely they're going to play the Sharks, realistically. and they. But okay. if they get the division, they could also play Nashville. And I think Nashville would be the worst of all. I think the Sharks would probably be the best matchup for the Oilers. I think Nashville would be the healthy. worst. Yeah, I mean, if they're not healthy. Because right, right now, they're, two of their best three players are injured. And they're going to be coming back possibly for the start of the playoffs, but they might be coming back without any games 
under their belt since they've been injured. So that's an advantage for the Oilers. All right, just want to go through the advantage trailer rental scoreboard here because it was a, a busy night in the NHL with games with uh, playoff implications. So Anaheim wins. They control their own destiny for first in the Pacific Division, 4 nothing over Chicago. Calgary wins 4-1 in Los Angeles. The Coyotes edge the Canucks 4-3. Oilers back-to-back against the Canucks on the weekend. The Wild edge the Avalanche 4-3. Predators whip the Stars 7-3. Blues double the Panthers 6-3. The Lightning with a big 4-1 win in Toronto. The Leafs have not quite yet clinched a playoff spot. Jets over the Blue Jackets 5-4. Islanders shut out the Hurricanes 3-0. Penguins beat the Devils 7-4. And the Senators over the Bruins 2-1 in a shootout. Canada and the United States will play for gold at the Women's Worlds tomorrow. Canada 8-4 over Norway at World Curling. At Northlands Coliseum, they go 11-0 in the round robin, and the Blue Jays beat Tampa Bay 5-2. And didn't our girls' team, when they just won the world championships, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, and they went through. They were the first team ever to go through undefeated. It'd be kind of neat. The boys and the girls go through undefeated and win world championships. Well, Gushu's rolling. But Sweden will be tough tomorrow, but that's for the game where the loser gets a, gets a second We're left. not losing. We're going all the way. All right, if you're on hold, we are getting to you. We're going to have post-game reaction from San Jose as well. we got to bring you the uh, midnight News and weather. Oilers win 4-2. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Well, good morning. The Edmonton Oilers rally in the third period. Natural hat-trick by Milan Lucic. A 4-2 win over the San Jose Sharks. Cam Talbot, 41st win of the year. New Oilers team record. Grant Fuhrer won 40 back in 87-88. It's 12.05 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We've got a full board of calls. We'll get to those in a second. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Dan says, does it concern you that Talbot has two career playoff games and the 72 starts this season could lead to fatigue in the postseason? No, it doesn't concern me. I mean, we don't know how he's going to play. Um, I, we've been looking, asked the fatigue question all year, and we've never seen any serious signs no, of it. And I'm looking not at what he hasn't done in the past because you can't judge his playoffs. I'm just looking at what he's done all season long, and that's been, been outstanding for the Edmonton Oilers. Every big game that they've had, he has been very good, so I, I have no concerns at all going into the playoffs. All Especially right. they're going against the San. Well, I guess Jones he had no playoff real experience till last year with San Jose, and they went to the Stanley Cup Finals with him. We have Jamie on the line. Hi, Jamie. Hey guys, how, how's it going? Doing well. Hey man, you know what I'm I'm noticing is like I really see some influence McClellan's having. And what I noticed right away is we were up, we went up 3-2 there in the third. I think it was like the 12-minute mark, something like that. And they just kept the gas on, and they honestly, like, they did not go back to some trap style. or They, they kept the gas on, they kept the confidence going, and I, I just think, like... It's like McClellan, to me, he's a strategist, and he's just... He really knows how to act in the right situation. And, yeah, that's about all I got, guys. Well, a good point. I think sometimes when when we look, watch a team that has a Connor McDavid and you, you talk about a Cam Talbot and then you, the acquisitions that Peter Shirelli has made and how good they have been, you forget about 
the coach that is behind all of this. And, I mean, we get the opportunity at times to talk to players and, and talk about the, the influence that Todd McClellan has had on this team. And it's all positive. And sometimes you're like, oh, should he have played him or should he have done that? Well, it seems to have worked out in most instances. Is the the Oilers are, what were we talking? They're going to be. They could have a possibility of being 33 point, uh, up on what they had last season in, in the standings. Todd Todd McClellan came in. He was sought. He was very sought after. There was a lot of hope that he could bring this team to the next level. I'm not sure anyone expected that level would get here this quickly. But Todd McClellan has been excellent in getting the most out of his players. He's turned some players that. Uh, defense wasn't their first thought into players that he feels comfortable putting out there at any time in the game. So Todd McCullen deserves as much praise as anyone for the way that this Oilers team has turned it around. 4-2, the Oilers win in San Jose. We have Michael on the line. Hello, Michael. Hello. uh, Do you think uh, Calgary and Edmonton can be first-round contender? Uh, the only way that they can be a first-round contender is if the Oilers win their last two games against Vancouver and the Anaheim Ducks lose their last game against the L.A. Kings. And then for that to also happen, the Calgary Flames must win their game. And They have, do have the tiebreaker with yeah, them. So yeah, but they have to win their game more or less if Nashville wins. So it, it looks most likely the Edmonton Oilers are going to be playing the San Jose Sharks in the first period. I, there, is a, there is a page out there, a website, that actually predicts gives you the percentages of which teams will play, I would bet that it would probably be in the 90 percentile that San Jose and Edmonton play in the first round. And I have one more uh, thing. Uh, do you think a Canadian team can win the Cup this year? Why not? I mean, why not? Uh, going right now, Edmonton Oilers are as hot as any team in the National Hockey League. They're in a division right now with San Jose Sharks, who are beat up, the Anaheim Ducks, who are beat up, the Calgary Flames, who are a team that have not been in the playoffs for I mean, they they don't have a, a strong playoff pedigree as well. The Oilers have got as many as many points as to every team in the Western Conference, other than Chicago and Minnesota. And Minnesota is limping badly right now. So then, all of a sudden, it's the Chicago Blackhawks. You have to win one series to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't think there are clear favorites in the Western Conference outside of Chicago. So why not? All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Jim in San Jose on the line. Hi, Jim. Hey, how you doing, Reed? Doing hey, great. I just wanted to just wanted to let you guys know we were at the game tonight, and uh, man, I'm driving home three and a half hours north of San Jose, and we're short a couple of hats that we left on the ice. It was a priceless game. But uh, I wanted to tell you, I think uh, L.A. They actually have something to play for because their announcer is going to be retiring after uh, the end of the the last game of the season there, and. Uh, you know, that'll give them a lot of uh, motivation to go ahead and get a win for them. So that could change things for uh, for L.A. there against Anaheim. What do you think? Uh, I, I think the L.A. Kings bring the same effort every night. I think any team that's coached by a Sutter brings the same effort every night. I do not know, think that the announcer leaving has a whole imp- and much impact on the way that the game will be played. But I do believe that I mean, L.A., they they beat the Oilers the other night in a nothing game for the LA Kings because their work ethic was good. So it's possible. It is possible. I thought, though, tonight was the game that I thought Anaheim, if there was going to be a slip, it would be tonight. But then the Chicago Blackhawks lineup was not near as strong as I had hoped or I had expected it to be. So right now, I 
I, 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 I think it's going to be San Jose and Edmonton. Okay, okay. And then an, another thing, uh, I thought uh, Kajula had a really strong game tonight. He uh, he was forcing a lot of uh, turnovers in the offensive zone there, and uh, it seemed like he had a lot of jump. And uh, I think he could be one of those uh, unsung heroes that we may need going into the playoffs there when we're in those uh, tight games and need to get some points there. Kajula may be stepping up. Your opinion on that? Well, we mentioned earlier in the show we thought he had a good game. He's been checking hard. He has a good shot. And I think it's helped him. And I know DeHarnay's game has been a little up and down. That line wasn't great tonight. But I do think that Kajula moving from third-line center to fourth-line wing has helped him because he hasn't doesn't have to take as many draws. So I think he wound up taking six tonight. And he hasn't been playing as many minutes. So I think that the DeHarnay trade has actually helped Kajula because now he's maybe in a more comfortable role. Gotcha. And then one one last thing. Awesome turnout by Oilers fans in the Shark Tank tonight. Man, it was great. They uh, at times felt like they were taking over the over the arena there. So uh, uh, shout out and well done by the Oilers fans turning out in the San Jose. So thanks for taking my call, boys, and we're excited. And uh, let's go Oilers. Awesome stuff, Jim. Thank you very much for calling. 780-496-0063. The Oilers win 4-2 in San Jose. Milan Lucic, a natural hat-trick in the third period for the Oilers to pull it out. It's 12-13. We'll bring Jared onto the show. Hi, Jared. Hi, guys. How you doing? Doing well. I tried to call in the other night, but I couldn't get through. I just had a, a brief comment about Drew Doughty and, and just a question for Rob. As, uh, he's one of my favorite defensemen, and you know how L.A.'s been declining a little bit. And as I watch him, I find that his game is almost, it seems to be getting a little bit, a little bit sluggish as, as the years go by. And I was just wondering, do you think that playing 29, 30 minutes a game is taking its toll on him, and do you think he would be more effective playing maybe 23 minutes a game well, versus what he's playing right now? Because I don't see him as that threat he used to be, and I think that if you're playing 29, 30 minutes a game, you're always in. The, he's, he seems to be in this mode of always conserving energy, and there just isn't the burst that he had like in the playoffs in the past. What do you think about that, Rob? Well, didn't doubt did Dowdy win the Norris last year? No, I, yeah, I, I realize that. Like I said, he's my favorite defenseman, but I just see that. But I mean, like, you're saying. I mean, last year he won won the Norris. So I mean, he's one year off of having the best year a defenseman can have. I mean, this year, their Dowdy's offensive numbers won't be as good this year because some of their offensive players were just horrible this year in LA. Um, I don't see him declining at all. I, I, we saw him in the in the World Cup. He is an excellent defenseman, and he yeah. is he's top five in the world. And I would take him on my team in a heartbeat. As for ice time, I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, I certainly couldn't play 29, 30 minutes a night. I know that defensemen, uh, smart ones, are able to conserve energy at the right times. I I would imagine yes, if he played 25, that would give him a little more jump. But there's a lot of defensemen out there and a lot of great ones who played almost half a game and seemed to be able to do it. When it comes to Drew Doughty, I, I'm, whatever he wants to do, I'm going to let him do it because, to me, I, I don't see decline in him. I see him just continuing to get better. Unfortunately for him, he was just on a team that wasn't able to get it done this year. And where do you think L.A. is going to go next year? 
versus what the year they had this year on. I, I don't know. The, the LA Kings, they could change their GM. They could change their coach. They've got to get rid of some contracts. they got some terrible contracts, like a Dustin Brown, uh, a Marion Gabrick. Uh, it, it, it's an older team. And as you see right now, this is a young man league. And the, the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers and their young stars are moving up. And some of these older teams are moving down. So there could be wholesale changes in L.A. And it could start with a GM or a coach. All right, 780-496-0063. The Oilers win 4-2 in San Jose. They're two points up on the Sharks for second in the Pacific Division. Milan Lucic with a hat trick tonight. Here are his comments. Yeah, uh, I think the the last three games, you know, Puck's just uh, landing in the right place and I'm able to pounce on it. Uh, You kind of look in the around New Year's time where nothing's really going for you and you're getting frustrated because nothing's bouncing your way and then uh, you know you start you start working to the right places and start working the right way and, and eventually it starts going in for you so uh, but most importantly we get the two points come back win in the third here uh, you know huge congrats to our goaltender uh, Talbot for his you know franchise record uh, 41st win he's been a warrior for us from from the start of the season and has made a huge difference in this team making a leap uh, in the right direction so uh, good effort from uh, everyone tonight Sharks had it going for the first you know period in a bit but did you like make a conscious decision I got to change all men or just sort of just kind of yeah it just just kind of happened uh, you know uh, you don't really go out of your way to make big hits and stuff like that, but when they're there, you want to make sure that they count and uh, kind of able to gain some momentum after that. Uh, uh, shots are 21 to 10 going into the period, so uh, we knew we just had to stick with it. And, uh, you know, ho- ho- we knew hopefully that things were going to go our way. So, uh, you know, big stop by Talbs on the, on the penalty shot there uh, and a huge hit by Connor in the third to kind of you know, get get us jump started again, and and we're able to feed off of that. For us, is, uh, we just want to keep uh, proving to ourselves that we can uh, play with uh, with the good teams in our division. And uh, you know, like you said, this is a, a veteran team that's been through a lot. Uh, you know, they went back to back Western Conference Finals in ten and eleven, and last year going to the finals. So there's a lot of experience there and a lot of confidence and. And everyone knows once the playoffs starts, everything, you know, it's a fresh sheet and, and, and everything starts over again. So uh, you know they're not going to be intimidated. But for us, uh, it's about our mindset and, and, and we, we, we just got to continue focusing on what we need to do to give our team success. And, and, and that's the main thing. Milan Lucic now up to 23 goals on the season. Goals in the third period tonight at 426, 757, and 1631. The first and third coming on the power play as the Oilers beat San Jose 4-2. Oscar Clefbaum had four assists tonight. We have Rocket on the phone line. Hi, Rocket. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing great. First of all, I think this night deserves a woo-hoo! There it is. <laughs> Um, and secondly, I want to talk about uh, points and, and and big numbers. Rob, you grew up in Edmonton, so uh, Talbot, 41 wins. When's the last time that happened? Grant, you're in what year? It's never happened before. Talbot set a new record. You no, know, like the 40 wins. 87-88. 87-88. Connor McDavid leading the NHL. Last time that happened was Gretzky. 
87, 88? Yep. So these are important numbers. You don't get these numbers unless you have a team that um, is surrounded by these great numbers and great players. And, and I agree with so many of the callers that have called in before about the job that Shirelli's done, the job that McClellan's done um, with the acquisitions and how these players have integrated into the lineup. And how uh, you know Lucci started off slow and is is finishing strong. I agree with all of it. But in these 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 big numbers prove to me that this team will go deep in the playoffs. And and Rob, I agree with you 100. percent San Jose is ripe for the picking. They are a good a good playoff team, but they're they're on their way out, and we're on our way in. And I just kind of wanted your thoughts on that. First of all, uh, Lemieux won in 87-88. Gretzky had 149 points, only played 64 games, so 87 was the last time. Uh, uh, Another Gretzky one? Gretzky won. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree. This is the, the Western Conference, where the Oilers have to get out, of, obviously, to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. I've got an elite team, one of the best in, in the National Hockey League in the Chicago Blackhawks. But the rest of the teams, if you just look where they are in the standings, look what they've done this year, they're all close. And I would think, as we are sitting here thinking, you know what, the others can go deep in the playoffs. I'm sure right now on a Calgary radio station, they're thinking, you know what, this is a, a, a year that we could go. We, we just get in the playoffs, we get on a run, we can go deep in the playoffs. Anaheim's thinking, you know what, this is our time. We've got the players. We've been there before. We know what it takes. We can. So as much as we're excited, I'm sure there's a bunch of other teams outside of Minnesota who has struggled as of late. The rest of the teams probably feel, you know, this is there's an opportunity here. So it's whatever team is able to grasp that opportunity. You need a few things to be successful. And two of the biggest ones, you need luck and you need health. Right now, the Oilers have health. And when the playoffs start, they need a little bit of luck. But again, why not? Oilers win 4-2 over San Jose. Let's hear from head coach Todd McClellan. You don't see um, just the, the calmness. Um, somebody that's been there before, a, a calming influence in the locker room. Um, he's been able to voice his his thoughts to his teammates, and, and now he's really producing around that too, so it becomes even more impactful. But, um, you know, his play tonight was, was tremendous. Uh, you throw the three goals out, even uh, his physicality, his ability to keep plays alive, power play, execution. I thought he was tremendous, and um, you know we're lucky to have him at this time of the year. It's exactly what we brought him in for. Coach, you haven't coached both teams. How much does that play into the playoffs in case you do meet him in the first round? Well, it, you know teams change. They change. Um, they change rosters. They change players. They change lines. And I've been gone now for two seasons, so there's a lot of uh, uh, newness to both organizations. Um, Peter and his staff have done a tremendous job, obviously, going to the uh, the finals last year, and they have their style and their way of playing, and and we have ours. So, you know, what I what I do know is some of those individuals on that team um, have the utmost respect for them. Um, you know, know some of their tendencies, but uh, they also evolve too as players. So uh, I don't think there's a, a big advantage to, to knowing uh, the other group that well. You guys have built all year and beat some good teams, and you're always your growth team and all that. Does this, is this, does it come all together here? One big game in a tough building at the end of the year that you got to win and you come in, win it in pretty good fashion. I hope not. I hope not. I hope it comes together uh, in the next few weeks. Um, to say this was the pinnacle and 
and uh, to be satisfied is uh, is dangerous and I won't say that uh, I think we've got to continue to march on um, we put ourselves in a good position for home ice but we haven't clinched that and uh, we've got some work ahead of us so um, the fact that we were able to come in and, and re respond after a, a slow start, um, I thought was important, but uh, we've got to fix that. Is, is Lucic, what we're seeing from him now, sort of, I mean, you can smell the playoffs, is that kind of what's, he's a different player? I, I think it has a lot to do with it. Um, I also said in, uh, in Edmonton the other day, I really believe he's full-time Edmonton Oiler now. He bleeds our colors, and um, when you've won with another team and spent uh, uh, a good portion of your career there. Um, you, it takes a little while to adapt and to uh, to embrace everything that's going on around you. And he's uh, so deep into it now that uh, it's all that really matters. The third period aside, what did you think of maybe the way the first you know, 35, 40 minutes went? Well, I didn't think we started well. Um, penalty problems right off the bat. And uh, they're a tenacious team. When they, uh, when they release pucks, they do a good job of getting it back right away. And, uh, there were some shifts where they had us pinned in our end, but we didn't give up. Uh, you know, we didn't give up a lot of shots that uh, that got through to the net. I thought we did a good job in lanes, and then uh, worked our way back into the game. And um, we felt going into the third that we were uh, in a good spot and prepared to uh, to push. I'm carrying the energy into Vancouver. I mean, those, they mean something now. They uh, they do mean something. Um, you know, we've got to get a good day in tomorrow. Um, rest adjust, fix a few things, and then be prepared to play again. That's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, his team winning 4-2 tonight in San Jose. The Oilers' road record for the season up to 21-14-5. The last time they won half their games on the road was 05-06 when they won 21 on the road, 21-13-7 in 41 road games. Uh, I mean, the last two years combined. They won 21 road games. And there's a good... 12 last year, 9 the year before. Well, this is a team that's built to, to be able to win on the road. They're bigger, they're stronger, they play with a little bit of nastiness. They got great goaltending, and they got a star that can break open any game that he wants to. So uh, they, they've put together a team that can win a number of different ways in a number of different buildings, and they've done that throughout the season. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll bring JP onto the show. Hi, JP. Well, me, God, it's about time, you guys. I've been on hold forever. I'm telling you tonight, Rob, I still want your autograph. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I want your autograph. But what did we talk about last week, Rob? Reed? I said the loose. I was talking about loose. And the whole city was still, oh, hey, I don't know about this contract. I don't know about his presence. And now... The hashtag tonight, I don't know where my hat is. I want my hat back. I saw a blonde girl on the ice. That's me. I saw a blonde girl on the ice tonight. I want my hat back, but Rob, more importantly, let's get down the brass tacks. Please, not to disclose you. Not to disclose you. I love you. You're a great guy. I want to get down to brass tacks some more. How important is the luge to this team? Well, I, there is a reason they went out and gave him a long-term deal at six million dollars. There, there is a Absolutely. reason they went. Yeah, I mean it, and it's not, it's not the twenty-five goals or the twenty-three goals he averages a year. Yeah, that's not, that's not why they, they got him. They got him because they needed a leader. 
They needed someone that they can follow. They needed somebody that would stand up and tell you when you're not doing it right. And someone that would do that, but has a pedigree behind them. And that's what they got in him. They got a true leader. And they've got somebody that can back up Connor McDavid. And Connor's got Connor standing there in front of the room, and he's got Lucic standing beside him saying, you know what, I'm fully behind this kid. And it makes everyone else follow in line. And you know what I love about this? Sorry, guys, I know I am taking too much time, but I'll tell you right now, it goes around the league right away. Right away. Oh, you got the Lucci, you got the Cassian. The Oilers are no longer getting play with. No one, no more, no more of, oh, let's take a liberty on this guy, this guy, this guy. You want to take a liberty? All right, no problem. We got Lucci. I am all over Lush. I want to say this, Rob. If I don't get you an autograph before the playoffs start, I am going to be very disappointed. I need this. We'll have. We'll sit down. We'll have a little shut out. We'll sit down. I'll let you sit for the first bit. Then we'll get on to the whiskey. And then you know what? We'll take it from there. Oh, you know what? We'll we, we might it might need a whole weekend to get this done. You ready yeah, for that? Yeah, that's quite a plan. That's quite a plan. That's JP at 780-496-0063. Lucic also had a fight tonight uh, mm-hmm. with Michael Haley. And, uh, yes, we... I guess it's not a Gordie Howe hat trick, but he got an actual hat trick plus a fight. Yeah, and, it, and what a fight it was. It was, uh, it was a beating. Milan Lucic laid a beating. I give credit for Haley, who's probably given up about 12 inches and 40 pounds. But uh, he stood up to Lucic, but Lucic put him down. Lucic, he can change the game in so many different ways. Tonight he did it with his fists in a fight. He did it with his shoulder in a hit, and he did it with his hands with the three goals. Well, and JP's right. I mean, the Oilers don't get pushed around. No. Nope. And, you know, I know that the last few years were frustrating and I remember one night we had somebody call in and said, you have to trade Hall, Nugent Hopkins, and Everly, and, I, and Yakupov was still on the team for tough guys. Well, you can't, get that, you can't go that far to the other side either, and that's what the comment uh, a caller made earlier about balance, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's why it's a t- you can't have 20 guys who can only bludgeon people or who can only forecheck. You can, yep. you, but you got the mix a few in. I mean, you have one per line or... You know, three guys up front, couple hitters on defense, and then it's like, okay, at least there's always somebody on the ice who has that physical presence. Well, it, it's got to be someone with a, with a physical presence that can play. I mean, it, there's no use having someone that can bludgeon the other guy or can run someone through the boards, yet when he's on the ice, the other team's like, all right, let's leave that guy out there because the guy can't skate. The guy's got to have ability. And, and this all comes back to Peter Shirelli. He came in here with a, with a plan. He knew what he wanted to do. And he wasn't sure how long it would take him to get to where he wanted to get to. But he stayed the course. He said, right, this is what this team needs. Here's our core players. Here's what we need here. Here's what we need here. And he's gone out and slowly put this team together. Now, maybe the chemistry of this team or just the the sheer magic of of Connor McDavid and and the goaltending of Cam Talbot have put them ahead of schedule. But he's still continuing to stay the pace. And we saw that at the trade deadline. People are clamoring, you know, they need to get this, they need to get that. Well, I've got a plan. And my plan says I'm not going to mortgage the future for a possibility. I'm going to stay with what I'm going with, and let's see where it takes us. 
Oilers win at 4-2. Cam Talbot, 41st win. He sets a new team record. He stopped a penalty shot tonight. Third penalty shot of his NHL career. He has now stopped two of the three. We'll hear from him as we move along tonight. We have Robert on the line. Robert, thank you very much for calling. Hi, Reed. Hi, Rob. I just want to want to talk about uh, I'm talking about a, a cleft bomb tonight and his 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 four assists. I like the I like the way he was he was getting uh, getting the uh, getting the puck through. He's got a cleft bomb. Got a he's got a hard shot. And uh, oh, and also that being said, I want to also want to talk about uh, Drysital. Despite uh, his 11 game point streak ending, I uh, I still thought Drysital did some. Uh, did some uh, good things out there tonight. Well, he did. First about Clefbaum, the, the thing that you like about Clefbaum, A, is he gets pucks through. And I think the, what we saw last year when, when they tried was uh, Sekera on, on the first power play unit, too many pucks were getting blocked. Too many pucks were hitting shin pads, not getting through. Clefbaum is very good at getting pucks through. And his shot is heavy. So if it does get through and gets to the goaltender, it's not something the goaltender can easily swallow up. They're going to spit rebounds because the puck's coming in with such force. And the other thing I like about Clefbaum, it's the confidence he has now. When you've got on the, your, your right side a Connor McDavid, your first thought is, all right, you know what, I don't want to shoot just for the sake of shooting because, I mean, maybe Connor has a better idea. Maybe I should get the puck. And a lot of players will push off and say, you know what, I'll let Connor make the decision. But Clefbaum, at times, he gets the puck, and right away he sees Lucic in front of that, bang, puck's on net. So his confidence continues to grow, and, and he's been excellent. As for Dreisaitl, I thought Dreisaitl was all right tonight. I'm a huge Dreisaitl fan. I thought he was all right. I've seen him play better. But it's always good when your star players aren't at the top of their game, and you can still find ways to win. And I think the Oilers did that tonight because I thought Dreisaitl was okay. But he can be better, and hopefully we're going to see him be better again in the next couple of games before the season's out. Yeah, I'll go on. I have one more one more thought tonight, not uh, not regarding Lucic and you know and why you know and why we why we went out and got him, and we said and we saw exactly that tonight. Him leading leading the team back, scoring the three goals in the third period, and he's just he's proven he's proven he's proven that he can score. Well, for sure, and and, the, and thanks for calling, Robert. And, and again, and Rob, we we said this earlier in the season that he was about on pace mm-hmm. for an average goal scoring season. His points might be a little below his career average, but I think this gets I, to me. It all ties together into into the Sekera signing from last. I mean, Sekera's making five and a half million dollars. He's the fourth highest paid player on the team after the six million dollar guys who are all on that one line. And I know what it's like. You know, a guy gets added. Pick a sport. You know, well, we signed this free agent, so he better be. He better win an individual award. You know, we signed this receiver. He better get two thousand yards. We signed this point guard. He better get fifteen assists. You know, what? What? Pick the sport. Pick the market. Pick the team. But again, I think it all ties into Shirelli's plan. This guy rounds out the roster. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that we said in the summer about Milan Lucic is there aren't a lot of guys like him in the NHL. I mean, you can you can look at a lot of defensemen and say, okay, he's a, he's a shutdown defender. Maybe there's he has slightly different strengths, but but he's in this mold. There aren't a lot of guys in the Lucic mold, and I think you know Shirelli had a relationship with him for Boston, and sometimes it's the fa- as simple as, well, if we don't get him, 
someone else is going to get him, and then he'll be doing that for some other team. And he might have some quiet nights for the other, the other team, but his noisy nights are pretty effective. Well, all players are going to have quiet nights, unless your name is a Crosby or your name is a McDavid. But you're going to have the quiet nights. It's, it's the players, it's the intangibles that they bring. Uh, Lucic, when he came here, we talked at the beginning of the season, he's a 24 maybe 25 goals a year uh, player. That's all he is. Gets in about five, six fights. And he's come here and done the same thing. You can't expect him all of a sudden to be a 40-goal scorer. He just It's not in his makeup. But what he brings also is the leadership. He brings the gamesmanship. He brings the, the swagger. This Oiler team had so much confidence right from day one of training camp. More than I would have expected from a team from where they were in the standings and where they've been for the last decade. But there was a belief here, and, and you saw it right from, from the Connor McDavid's and Milan Lucic all the way down to the Mark Letestu's, those players. I remember listening to some of the interviews Mark Letestu talked about, and there was never a cockiness. There was never an arrogance, but they had a quiet confidence. You know what? We have a good team here. We feel confident in our abilities, and we feel that we are going to challenge and be a playoff hockey team. And a lot of people, and I'm one of them, I didn't think they could be that team. But the confidence this team, this group had in themselves has shown throughout the season where they they have a big win. They're not rah-rah. Look, I told you so. And when they have a, a run in a stretch where they lose a couple of games in a row, no, they're not depressed. Back to work. It's, you know what? Today we weren't good enough. Mark Tesla said the other day, we weren't good enough. we got to get better before the playoffs start, and we'll be better next game. And they were. So I give all the credit to the to this organization for putting together a team that believes in themselves, that enjoys being together with themselves, and that's a huge thing. And to where they are today is well-deserved. 4-2 win over San Jose tonight. Yassim is on the line. Hi, Yassim. Thanks for calling. Hi, thanks, guys. Uh, I just have, uh, well, we're talking a lot about what Lucic brings to the team, but one thing I, I think that we haven't talked about is how much he changes the front office because we've been spending the last 10 years trying to draft someone who could be a Lucic, and a lot of those guys like Cameron Abney and, and these guys that haven't panned out because we were trying to get someone like him, but now we have the real deal, and, and we can, you know, go after our, our, our skill and things like that that we used to do. Um, my two things that I wanted to mention is the Oilers, uh, Leafs, Columbus, we've all, all these teams have had huge, huge increases in points in, uh, since uh, last year. And in some ways with the young stars on the team, they resemble what Colorado did a few years ago where they surprised everybody, won their division, made the playoffs. And then the following year, it came all crashing back down to earth. And I just wanted to see your thoughts on is that is not just the Oilers, but is that among any of these teams that you you see in the current uh, league that have made that jump? And lastly, I, just because I have a lot of friends in Calgary who think Monaghan is better than Drysaddle, I don't think any GM would ever say that. No, but, Leon's Leon. um, Leon's but, the second best player out of his draft. I would still put yeah. Ekblad, Ekblad ahead of him. Yeah, and, and so what but I know that was a different draft, but Bennett yeah. was in that draft. Yeah, but what, what would you say that his salary expectations are going to be this year? Oh, I think a, he'll want around six. He'll, he might even want six and a half. Yeah. He's, he's gonna, what do you guys think about the Colorado uh, re- reference? Okay, th- yeah, we'll get. Thank you. Well, Colorado, if you watch Colorado play that season, they were winning on the back of a goaltender that was out of this world. They weren't out playing teams. They were getting outplayed a lot of the nights, and they were getting good breaks, good bounces. And and I'm not a big 
what, what it sports metrics or whatever it's called. But analytics. Analytics. I don't even know what it's called. But they all kept saying this this bubble's gonna burst, and I didn't look at the stats part. Just watching them, you're like, okay, this is a game that they should have lost and should have lost handily, and they coming out on the on the right side. Watching the Oilers play, watching the Calgary Flames play, and I've seen a, obviously the Oilers every game. I've seen a lot of Flames games. The games they've won, they've deserved. They they both have a, a number of good young stars. They both have good goaltending. They their defense. Calgary's got a fantastic defense. And the Oilers' defense, I think, is very, very good as well. The 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 star power, the the Colorado Avalanche, they've got some good young players. They don't have a Connor McDavid. They they just don't. And uh, I believe that both the Flames and the Oilers are, are are going in the right direction. I believe that this this is the start of many many years where you're going to see these teams playing in the playoffs and hopefully playing against each other in the playoffs. The Colorado Avalanche, uh, it it was an aberration. It happens occasionally, and they usually fall right back to earth when uh, when all the luck and the hockey gods don't continue to smile on them, and that's what we saw. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The Oilers rally in the third, three goals from Lucic to beat the Sharks four two. We have Josh on the line. Hi, Josh. Hey guys. Um, so I uh, I heard Rob that he mentioned cop bumps gates. So I'm gonna shy away from that, which was my first point. But what I wanted to ask you guys here. Uh, I've only really watched the Oilers, so I haven't really watched uh, true number one defenseman since Pronger in 06. Uh, but what I'd like to ask is uh, what you guys think of Kropbaum and uh, him going forward. Is, is he a number one defenseman currently, or what he would need to do to reach that level? I'm just getting up and uh, hear your guys' discussion. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, he's having a good uh, offensive season. What is it up to point-wise now? 36 points in 80 games for Clefbaum, so he'll probably be just under half a point a game by the time the season ends. I mean, that's to be a, a true number one defenseman. But here's the thing. When you say number one defenseman, and could he be the number one defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers? Yes, yes. he could be, sure. But when you talk about number one defenseman, I mean, there's probably, what, eight in the league? So not well, every, there's probably 15 or 16, I think. Well, if well, if you're talking Dowdies and those guys, I don't know if there's 15 guys like that. I think there might be 10 that are in that range. Well, but I mean, if you count Subban, Weber, I, Subban, 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 I don't know if he's the number one defenseman he plays for the Oilers. I don't think Subban's that good. I think Subban in his well, own end. Okay, sure. I, I I don't. I think Subban. He he's more. <laughs> He's more pretty than he is productive. I think uh, he's not good with the puck in his own end. He has this stupid backhand pass that I can't stand that well, he does North's all the trophy. time. I mean, yeah. you just use that as an argument that Dowdy's good. No, no, he said he was on his way down is what that one was. And I'm like, well, he just had his best year ever last year. I don't think he's on his way down if he has his best year. Um, but as Cle- I think Clefbaum's got good potential. He's never going to be a Chris Pronger. I, I don't think that's in his makeup to be that good. No, I, think I don't the, think there's anybody on the Oilers no, that's going to be I think that good. The, and I don't know. A, a true number one defenseman, nine, nine games out of ten, is the best defenseman on his team on, on those nights. I think the Edmonton Oilers, there's nights that Clefbaum's the best. There's nights that Larson's been the best. There's nights that Sekra's been the best. There's been nights that Russell's been the best. So I, I think Clefbaum could be a very good defenseman. I don't think he's ever going to become... Or I don't. I don't think he is going to become a a dowdy type of player. But I think he can be very good. Oh, absolutely. I think he can definitely can. be an above oh. average defenseman. I mean, I think I, I personally think the Oilers' best defenseman this year, all round, 
has been Andre Secker. I he agree. actually had more points than Clefbaum until tonight. I agree. Uh, uh, the, yeah, now Clefbaum's one ahead. The the thing is, like Sekera doesn't have a big physical booming element to his game, like Pronger might have, mm. right? Like Weber could have, or whatever, or when Weber grabbed Datsuk's <laughs> head and <laughs> threw it into the glass. But it was an accident. But but I mean, think the Oilers were going to have to be defense by committee this year. They they have remained that way. Long term, I mean, Clefbaum and Larson could be together for a while. Mm-hmm. Nurse is starting to come on. Benning could be a valuable depth guy for a while, and mm-hmm. Secker is still signed for four years after this one. Yeah. So, you know, Bob and I were talking about it the other night. We don't know what's going to happen with Russell, but three, four years from now, the Oilers could have five of the six same yeah. defensemen that they had tonight. Well, maybe I'm being a little wishful thinking there because no. that's a long way away. But it's given their age and their contracts, it's possible. And I think it's I think it's more than I think that's there. It's very likely. I mean, they went out to get a Larson. Uh, Clefbaum is just coming into his own. Sakura has got been outstanding for the Oilers, and then they got the two youngsters and Nurse and and, and Benning. So, uh, to answer the question, Clefbaum's not going to be a problem pronger. But Clefbaum is going to be a very, very good defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers for a number of years. All right, it's 12.44. The Oilers win 4-2. Cam Talbot in the Oilers record book. You will hear from him when we get back. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Centre. is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Tierney threw it to the opposite side and got absolutely steamrolled by Lucic. Huge hit. We're going to have a fight. And Lucic will take this fight and land a couple of right hands against Michael Haley to start. Haley's got him tied up now. Huge hit by Lucic on Tierney. Precipitated this brawl. Lucic right to the body. Right to the body. Eats a right hook and then lands a huge right that knocks Haley off balance. Clipped him with a left jab. Overhand right Lucic. Uppercut Lucic. Right to the body Lucic. They'll stretch one another out at center ice. Haley has taken some shots here. He's still standing. Lucic short with an uppercut. Lands a right hook. Haley's got the right hand free. But Lucic has that left jab in there. Short with a right hook. Haley waiting for punching room. Short with a right hook that landed on Lucic's shoulder. And now the linesman will move in and separate the two combatants. One of many Milan Lucic highlights tonight. He had three goals, a natural hat-trick in the third period. Also, that fight in the first period made a huge impact. The Oilers come from behind to beat the San Jose Sharks 4-2. All right, Rob, so Vancouver in Vancouver on Saturday. The Canucks are here on Sunday. Uh, We're going to get to Camp Talbot here in about 40 seconds, but just quickly, uh, I mean, it's simple for home ice in the first round. The Oilers get a point against Vancouver. They're second. They have an outside shot to get first, but they need help. If the Oilers don't get a point in the two games against Vancouver, they don't deserve. They only have themselves to play. Yeah, so they will. I, and, and it just goes back to what you and I have been talking about. The Oilers have brought the same effort, the same focus to every game they've gone in this year. They, I mean, in years gone by, the Oilers sometimes would, uh, and arrogance would come into their game when they played a lesser team, and they go out and they wouldn't show up. We haven't seen that this year. I would expect the Edmonton Oilers to play as good as they've played tonight in Vancouver. And if they do, the Vancouver Canucks are not the San Jose Sharks. It'll be a game that'll be over early, 
unless a goaltender, if it's Miller, stands on his head. But no, I expect that the Oilers will get four points this weekend. The Oilers goalie has been excellent this season. Cam Talbot has a new record, 41 wins. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough in those games where you don't see a lot, but when you do see them, they're, they had some good looks. So uh, it's just trying to, to stay focused and make those saves because uh, uh, some of those chances can uh, can change momentum in a game. And I think I uh, made a few big saves there to, to start the third period, and then we go down and get a big power play goal and change the momentum. So I think that was uh, that was a key for me tonight was just staying focused and making those big saves when I needed them. This was a really important game in the other guy's building. You know, you're going to play him in the playoffs very likely. Uh, what's it mean? What's it worth to come in and win that game like that? Uh, it's a big confidence boost. I mean, that's uh, this is a tough building to play in. That's, I mean, they're uh, Stanley Cup finest last year. They got a lot of veteran guys on the team, a lot of leadership, and uh, this is not an easy place to play. So, uh, going in the third period, down two-one, uh, we show a lot of resilience tonight and uh, a lot of. Uh, willpower and battle level tonight uh, we knew that if we came out and played our game in the third period we were going to have a chance and and uh, we we came out and established that on the power play got some momentum and then uh, Lucius kind of took over in front and, and put us on his back there tonight this is like a, kind of a bend don't break situation like San Jose got after pretty good at the start and you guys sort of hung around hung around and then it, the momentum turned pretty violently yeah, that's kind of something that, that they're known for. I mean, they're they're a real tough team in the first 10 minutes. They come at you real hard, especially in this building. And, and if you don't weather the storm, the game can get out of control pretty quick and, and you find yourself down two or three goals right off the bat. So uh, I thought we did a pretty good job of weathering the storm early. Uh, we Like I said, we bent, but we didn't break, and we gave ourselves a chance to, to come back in the third there, which was huge. We put a book on Sorensen for the penalty shot, or what, what are you looking for in that situation? Uh, no book there. I mean, just <laughs> stay and uh, trying to stay patient and... and uh, like I said, a, a save there or, or a goal there kind of changes the game one way or the other. So I think if he scores there, um, we might not come back and win that game. And, and a big save there uh, gave us a little bit of confidence moving forward. So um, I think that was uh, what I was trying to establish there and just try to make him make the first move and stay patient. Uh, I'm sure it will once the season's over right now. It's just uh, another big two points for us in, in tough building and, and hopefully being able to uh, get another couple points over the weekend and maybe establish home ice here. So that's uh, that's the biggest thing moving forward right now. But I'm sure I'll be able to, to look back uh, at the end of the season and, and kind of reflect and, and really figure out what that means. You're going to have to manufacture that the intensity that was here tonight in Vancouver. Um, what kind of challenge is that? I'm, like I said, we still got something to play for. We still got home ice to play for, so that should be uh, motivation enough for us at this point. We don't want to have to come and start here in this building. Like I said, it's a tough building to play in, so anytime you can start at home at Rogers Place where we've been playing some some good hockey lately is going to be huge, so we have to take this game and, and carry this confidence forward into Saturday night. We can see what Lucic does on the ice, but what's he do for this team in the room? What's he, How much of a part of this whole culture change here has he been? Uh, he's been huge. I mean, you, you get a guy like that that's that's coming and won a Stanley Cup before, and he's got the experience of playing in the playoffs and and going on some deep runs. So that's something that uh, not too many guys in this room have been able to to say that they've done. And and he brings uh, that kind of experience that we need in, in a young group. So um, when when he speaks up, guys listen because he's been around, and, and that's what we need in this room right now. Yeah, we just broke uh, Grant Fuel's franchise record for wins. What does that mean to you? I know you just said it was just two more points, but it's got to mean something. I know you respect Grant Fuel. Oh, I respect him immensely. I mean, what what he was able to do in the '80s with uh, with uh, an unbelievable team was uh, was something special. And to 
to surpass a, a Hall of Famer on, on a list like this is pretty special for me. But uh, like I said, tonight was was more about the, the two points in this building and, and being able to establish and, and gain some confidence moving forward into the playoffs against uh, our very likely opponent. So that was uh, the biggest thing tonight. But um, I'm, like I said, I'm sure I'll be able to look back once the, once the season's over and, and reflect on this and, and realize how much it really means. Cam Talbot with 13 saves, the backbone of the Oilers' victory. Milan Lucic, the hands and the fists. He has a fight and three goals, a natural hat trick in the third period. Oilers knock off the Sharks 4-2. Next Oilers broadcast here on 6.30, Chet, is Saturday, 6.30 for the face-off show, 8 o'clock for the start of the game as the Oilers will be in Vancouver. Thanks to our studio producer, Brandon Graziano. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. Oilers win it 4-2 over the Sharks. Have a great night.